This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. The two best writers in the country both work for the New York Post. In the country, Miranda Devine, who I love dearly, and Michael Goodwin, who's brilliant. He's not smart, he's brilliant. In fact, I heard him on radio yesterday, and he's back here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. It's been a while. Great to have him back. The great Michael Goodwin. Michael, good morning, pal. How are you? Uh, good morning to both of you. Thank you very much for that, Sid. Well, you're welcome. Bernie is out today. He hasn't been feeling all that well uh, as of late, but uh, send him your regards. He loves you too, Michael, so thank you for that. Uh, I have to tell you, I read your <laughs> I read your column a couple of days ago, a peek inside the White House as bad news piles up for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I'm laughing. And, you know, I shouldn't be laughing because it's a serious matter. He's the president. The world is in trouble. But you're such a great writer. I had to laugh. And, and when you describe what goes on inside the, the Oval Office, it, it, <laughs> I mean, it really is a comedy, Michael. Well, that, that is precisely the point, that uh, we have to laugh, because if we don't laugh, what, what are we going to do with our emotions? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is an awful thing that's going on there. I mean, and I think if we knew the whole story, we would be wetting our pants. I mean, it is, I think it's frightening that Joe Biden is president. Uh, he st- clearly is in over his head. Look, I don't know that he ever would have been a good president. As Robert Gates famously said about Joe Biden, he's been wrong on every national security and foreign policy issue for 40 years. Mm. That was before he became president. <laughs> and now we see that continues. But look, I think the, the sense that he is not all there is very important. And so, you you know, you talk to a lot of people and they will say, well, who's running this? Who's really in charge? And so what I tried to do was to show, based on the things that Joe Biden has said publicly and what we know about what goes on behind the scenes, to try to fill in some of the blanks. And, you know, you get this sense that, that Ron Klain, Susan Rice, uh, Jen Psaki, uh, Blinken, who seems to be something of an errand boy without guidance, the Secretary of State, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Director, who is just considered way over his head mm. in this job. Um, you know, it, it, it's just this lineup of people, none of whom were elected but all of whom seem to be filling in for the absent president, or maybe it's the absent-minded president. Yeah, well said. And I agree, all those people do have their hand in this mess. I also believe that Barack Obama has a huge part in this Biden presidency, maybe not in that Oval Office, obviously, which he was before for eight years, and that was a mess. Uh, but I think he uh, he's in uh, Biden's ear. You also wrote a couple of days ago about this dynamic between Biden and Putin. We found out this morning the Russians have taken some of their force off of the Ukraine border. I'm not buying it. I still think Putin and those guys are going in. But uh, Donald Trump said a couple of months ago, uh, uh, excuse me, Biden versus Putin is like the England Patriots versus a high school football team. You echo the same (laughs) sentiment, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, look, I, I, I do think there is uh, something about the two. Now, look, I think one aspect of that is just strength and weakness. Biden, it's not America that's weak. It's our leadership that's weak. And someone wrote yesterday, and I wish it's one of the things I wish I'd thought of, you know, in, in closing our embassy in Kiev, uh, the Ukrainian capital, uh, that's the second embassy Biden has closed. He closed the embassy in Kabul, Afghanistan, as we flew away from Afghanistan. And so we're flying away from Ukraine now. They're destroying papers, apparently. And so that is weakness writ large on the international stage. And so I'm not calling for war, to be clear, but quite the opposite. When you, are, when you want peace so badly that you will do anything to achieve it, you invite aggression from people like Vladimir Putin, from the Taliban, from China's uh, President Xi, Xi Jinping. That's what Biden is doing. He is inviting this ingress, aggression and then trying to look tough. Well, that's how you get drawn into wars, is that you don't really want them, you don't prepare for them, you hope they won't come to you, but then you're stuck. And that's what's happening here. This could lead to war. I don't know what the United States would ultimately do, but certainly if you get a war in Europe, an invasion of Ukraine, it's, it's going to have worldwide implications because of all the countries who will be affected by it. So uh, the economies will, will be hurt uh, around the world. But this is something I believe Joe Biden could have prevented, but his weakness is for like for Vladimir Putin. Biden's weakness is like a big old piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> Michael Goodwin, New York Post here in the Bernie and Sid of the Morning Show at 910 on your Tuesday morning. Let's go back to the former president who may very well be the next president, 45 and 47. Let's hope Donald uh, Donald Trump who uh, is lining up, I guess, against uh, Ron DeSantis. Now, there is this uh, thought, at least, not a thought, an investigation, I should say, this Durham investigation that is underway that has Hillary Clinton spying into the Donald Trump campaign, something he talked about uh, a lot a couple of years ago. Opinion here, Michael, do you think that really happened? Well, definitely some things happened. And, and um, well, it, it's a little uncertain what exactly Durham is chasing. I'm, I'm not crystal clear on this latest court filing, but I would say that what we do know for sure is that Hillary Clinton financed the Steele dossier, which everybody knows now was fake. And that dossier was the prime reason that the FBI started spying on Donald Trump's campaign. And it was fundamentally the reason why Robert Mueller was appointed uh, special counsel, because of the suspicions that, all, that were in that dossier and that other little things cropped up that said, oh, look, they fit the pattern. But when you dissect each of those pieces, none of them stands up. For example, Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with a Russian lawyer. All right. Remember how many stories we were treated to that by yep. the New York Times and the Washington Post, the significance of that? In the end, it was nothing, nothing. Mueller found that it was nothing, that it was an innocent event. So that's the kind of smoke and mirrors that we've been treated to by the left-wing media all these years. Uh, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they continue to 
to attack Durham now uh, over this latest filing. But look, there's no question Donald Trump was spied on, that uh, deep state loyalists to Obama and to the Democratic Party continued to leak to damage his presidency. And Robert Mueller was a cloud over that presidency for more than two years. We still don't know when Mueller concluded there was no evidence to justify any charges against the president, because I think had Mueller finished that report when he had the evidence that Republicans might have held the House of Representatives in the 2018 midterms, meaning Trump would not have been impeached uh, by Nancy Pelosi. She would not have been speaker. I mean, the history of those years was shaped by that Russia fabrication that Hillary Clinton dreamed up and concocted and that the New York Times and the Washington Democrats spread across the country. It really was the dirtiest trick in American political history. I have to agree. Michael Goodwin, New York Post, and I'm going to preface this so you know I'm coming at you a little bit by saying you're much brighter than me, much smarter. You really are. You're you're a great writer. You're a brilliant man. But uh, you, for some reason, have been very high. And if I'm saying something incorrectly here, feel free to fix it. You've been very high on Eric Adams. I don't get it. I don't want to hear about Bill de Blasio. I know he was the worst mayor ever. He'll be better than Bill. So what? He's got to be significantly better than Bill de Blasio just to get this city back on his feet. Forget about being great again. Just get back on its feet. And while he says a lot of the right things, he's not calling out Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who yesterday said that that bail reform is not a big problem. He's not calling out Carl Hasty. He's not calling out Kathy Hochul. He's not doing anything. So I need to ask you, Michael, why are you so high on Eric Adams? No, I'm serious. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. No, look, it's a fair question. Um, I think he was the best Democrat running. And I think and I think he was uh, heads and shoulders uh, among other Democrats. Michael, Michael, the best Democrat winning is is like winning a beauty contest in a leper colony. I mean, what are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, But but uh, and look, I, I think that Eric Adams, he campaigned on the core issue facing the city crime. And, yes, I know Curtis Sliwa did also in the general election. But I happen to think Eric Adams was better prepared and better positioned and would be more successful moving the bureaucracy, moving Albany. You're right. So far, uh, Albany has given him the back of the hands. But I think it's early, and I would not give up yet on Eric Adams. All right. Maybe not Eric Adams. And, and let's assume that he does have the city's best interests at heart, and he just can't get anything done because of what's going on up in Albany. What does that mean for the future of the city and the state? I mean, do we have to get a Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino win, or are we doomed to stay the same even with Eric Adams in power? No, I think that uh, there are many things the mayor can do on his own power, and that is particularly true with the police department. And Eric Adams, I think the, 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 the biggest solution to the crime problem is not Albany, although that would certainly help a lot. But I think the biggest solution to the crime problem is the proper use of the NYPD. And so using the undercover gang, uh, anti-gun units, uh, pushing for quality of life arrest, making a campaign out of it to get the prosecutors in the city 
to prosecute these cases. All of that is within Eric Adams' purview. He can do that without Albany. He needs to create a movement. He needs for the, for the public to see him as leading this movement passionately and relentlessly to make the city safer. And if he gets uh, advances and we see clear progress, then I think he will get he will build up a head of steam. Right now, it's very early, and he's got a lot on his plate. Uh, I wish he would focus more on the police department. I shouldn't say more because I don't know exactly how much he's doing. But I do think he and the police commissioner are committed to these undercover anti-gun units. And I think if we see a, de- a decrease in shootings as a result of the gun- police being more active. That will be the first sign of real progress. And at some point, I think Albany will get on the bandwagon. But Adams has to get the bandwagon moving first. You're always great. I have to tell you, it's been way too long. Please keep coming back. I really enjoyed this conversation today. You're a great, great writer. I never miss any of your columns in the New York Post. Michael Goodwin, great job. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. My man, Michael Goodwin, New York Post. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.